Howdy, welcome back to the Red S Podcast. This is your co-host Rob White, Fight the Texas Aggie Class of 2014. And Roy May, Fight the Texas Aggie Class of 2015, and it is bi-week version. Boy, bi-week! Let's go, I'm so excited. We get to take a week off, non-consequential football this next week. You get to just watch a day, enjoy it, you know, you have to kind of tune into whatever games you want to. Like, tune completely out, go out to the woods, go camping, go fishing. Yeah, um, go have some fun. I, I am picking up the boat this weekend. Nice. So I may not catch a whole lot of college football, but, um, uh, you know, we were talking about this before we hit record. Um, you know, this kind of comes at a really good time for us uh, relative to the injuries we have to Spiller. Like yep. I said, as Spiller goes, so does, so this team goes, which includes the offensive line, obviously. Right. But which... you got four games. you got mm-hmm. six coming up on the back end, so the stretch is a little longer. But you've already played Bama. Right. You know, you've already played the physicality of Bama. And so you look at the six games you have left, and what a great opportunity to have this week to get healthy, to go on that run and make, you know, and go on that stretch and make that run. So it's... I I kind of like how it is. I mean, it would have been great if it was perfectly right in the middle. Five, you know, five games played, then a bye, then five. But, um, I, you know, I'm okay with it, especially when you look at the teams we have left. Right. Exactly. I mean, we've got ourselves uh, really at this point. If you know, for those of you who've been paying attention to the rankings, which at this point of the year still don't matter, but uh, there's not a single ranked team left on AM's schedule at this point with lo- the losses that we will discuss here in a minute. But Texas A&M at this point is uh, just numbers free for the rest of the year for well, now. Well, and, well, and you look at it, and that that may stay that way because I mean, we have the Big Ten getting ready to start playing again, right? Right. And so a lot of these rankings aren't including teams that aren't playing. Right. <clears throat> so once these guys get thrown back in, which is total trash because they're coming in you know weeks into the season, which and is just, expect to get ranked. Yeah, it's horseshit. It's but, not. It's not cool. <laughs> but you may not see these teams be able to turn around and get back into the top twenty-five. And if you do, they'll they'll kind of be squeaking in, kind of thing. Right, and there's you know? gonna, and there's going to be a lot of questions about the validity of them being in their positions because they don't really have, as we've already talked about, you know, the other measuring sticks other than playing against each other, at the point where it's you don't really understand outside of a handful of teams what their talent level is. You know, you know Ohio State's going to be good. You know Penn State's probably going to be pretty decent. You know, Michigan's going to be above average and lose to Ohio State. As they always <laughs> do. I mean, it's just tails <coughs> like, all this like, time. Like right? death in Texas. Death in Texas. Um, Oregon will probably be fine. I mean, USC <clears throat> should be okay. But it's just there's a lot of teams that in those – I mean, it's going to be really hard for them to really build resumes to get up ahead of the rest of us that have already been playing. Well, and the problem is I see the counterpoint of this being um, – you know, we knew what we had with this team, so even though they have less games, we can still justify putting them high in the polls, which which is where you're going to get a ton of pushback from all of us who've already been playing football, right. like big boys, um, and, and who are capable of doing these things uh, and actually making plans and following through with athletic seasons while you guys just sit on your effing thumbs. And, <laughs> and so it's, 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 it's going to be interesting how it ends up in the polls, and that's why... Like some of the polls that have popped out, and you know, a lot of the sports writers, and they've included the Big Ten, they've included this kind of other stuff. Like everybody wants to complain about it, but you better get ready for it, right? Because you better get ready for Ohio State to just get dropped in in the top five, like it's like a paratrooper just bloop. Right. All right. So we can definitely kind of roll with what we've been talking about. Uh, you know, kind of highlight some games this past week, and we'll definitely get into our game, of course. But um, some interesting games that took place this past week. Uh, I know we didn't really analyze a lot of games uh, that were coming in uh, that were not uh, SEC games, but uh, a couple of local-ish games that really went uh, that were pretty interesting. SMU and Tulane went into uh, overtime. Yeah. SMU won that. That was there was some really good football from lower from the uh, like the G five uh, conferences. Yeah. The Memphis game was fun to watch. I actually I caught that game. It was a blast to watch. Right. Um, but like the three games around football that I. I noticed because they matter right. kind of thing. Uh, obviously, the North Carolina game. I don't think any, yeah. look, even even if you had Florida State covering, I'm not sure you have Florida State winning. No. And even if you have Florida State winning, I don't think you have Florida State embarrassing North Carolina. No. So that was – you want to talk about getting up off the mat at like nine. You know, at the nine count, you're up off the mat and you're ready to go. Like straight out of Rocky. Right. Like, Florida State was just done. They they weren't playing football. I mean, they were dressing up like football players and going on trips, but they, I mean, they weren't playing football. And then just out of nowhere, uh, and I and I, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to take that relative to how you perceive North Carolina. Right, and you got to wonder. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw much from the video or any of that, but I mean, I'm not sure how much crowd factor had to play in it because Florida, because Florida State was running pretty much open. 
as far as the number of people in the stands. It was, I won't say it was 100% capacity, but it was pretty full. Well, well the state of Florida, I remember seeing this week one in the NFL. Right. Jacksonville. Like, they pan out to the crowd. I was like, wait a minute. There's people here. <laughs> oh, Florida's doing shit different. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it might help. It's, uh, that, that was just kind of a thumping. It was weird. It was a weird yeah, game. Yeah, that was, that was goofy. Uh, the other one was Clemson. The only reason I say that is, is I... Clemson, I think Clemson is scarier than we even thought they were. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, you come out and you beat somebody, you know, you put up a 70 spot on a team in your conference. Yeah, a, a power five team. And That's I don't, I don't care. You might be the, they might be the bottom of the, of the ACC, but a team with, like, the rich tradition and program that Georgia Tech possesses to go yeah. out there and just get curb stomped. Yeah, I mean, they were 2-2 two and two coming into the game. What so. do you have? Three, 391 yards passing in the first half. What, yeah, so, whatever. Yeah. It was ridiculous. yeah, he ended up finishing with 404 yards. Yeah, he was in for one series in the right. second half. It's stupid. So, yeah, so Clemson, mean, Clemson, Clemson Alabama, right? Rolled, um, absolutely rolled. Um, so, I do want to touch on one other uh, Notre non- Dame is the one yeah, I want yeah, to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Notre Dame and Louisville. Final score, 12-7. to 7. I, Well, I think we've seen over you know the last couple of weeks, Louisville isn't that good of a football team. No. And was this was it in Louisville or was it in South Bend? It was in South Bend. Yeah, uh, so it was yeah. in South Bend. That's, I, I mean, I got to be honest. I, I feel like that exposes Notre Dame, which again is not the most surprising thing on the planet for Notre Dame to get exposed in their schedule. No, I mean, yeah, we had ranked super high. Right. It's a love fest with Notre Dame. It always has been. But you had like you had two quarters where scoring took place. You had two field goals in the first, and then you had a touchdown from Louisville in the third quarter, which gave them the lead. A touchdown from Notre Dame, which gave them the lead for the rest of the game. They I guess they went for two and missed. Yeah, failed it. So, final score, 12-7. Dude, Notre Dame, what, number, top five team? Yeah, they're number four. Yeah, number four team against Louisville, who always tends to at least have an offense, you know? Right. Put up 19 points combined. Like, what a crap football game. And it's not like it was a torrential downpour. No. There wasn't ice on the field. It was just really crappy football. It's, and yeah. I get that the good team sometimes will, will play bad, but when you – but we but. just talked about Clemson against a bad team going out and do what they do. Exactly. And, you know – you look at the best teams, and they they go out and take care of business. And and Louisville, if I remember correctly, Louisville still had a shot to just to, uh, to pull even or go ahead. I mean, oh, they they yeah. had the ball late. Yeah, they had chances. So it's I don't know if it's Notre Dame just had a kind of they stepped on their own toe, or if yet again Notre Dame is overranked. And I personally, I'll always err towards the latter because I think Notre Dame is always overranked. Well, you see them every year, and it's I mean even it's the like, same story. Say, they you know they made the playoff. And what a few years ago, and Clemson absolutely curb stomped them. It's just and in the playoffs, and and I get that you know college football is interesting because you really only have two or three legitimate teams in a given year. Right. So, so you're going to have a fourth that gets in the playoff and is going to have a rough go of it because we have to be fair and we have to make sure we include the other conferences. Right. You know, in the playoffs because otherwise they're going to be all boo boo lipped. So that's why you see Oklahoma hasn't won a playoff game yet. Yeah, and but they, they really haven't it. been competitive in a playoff game yet. Not really. No. Um, and you saw Notre well, Dame go do it and got stomped right. on. So it's it's one of those things where it's almost the the pollster is trying to push a narrative to get Notre Dame to you know be in the cycle of of those teams that aren't the SEC and the Big Ten. Right. And you saw, I mean, you saw when they won the playoffs, and then you just saw that Louisville game, and I think it it kind of speaks for itself that yet again they're over overrated, and we here. Texas A&M know all about overrated teams. Trust us. And we, we've seen it plenty. We, you know, we know everything about it. And it's and it's it, got, it gets to the point where it's not even fun to watch it fail, though. It's upsetting because, unfortunately, the human polls do play a part in this. They do. They do. It's not just computer analysis. This isn't the old BCS system that was literally a, an algorithm. Right. So it's, it, it's frustrating. You know, you got a number four team, and, and and again, maybe they just had a bad day. But I don't think they just had a bad day. No. But I don't want to sit here and talk about Notre Dame a ton, that's no, for sure. This not is a not chance. a fighting Irish freaking blog. Not a chance. So let's move into real whatever. football. Let's touch on some SEC games. Uh, so first one of the day, which was kind of the one of the early shocks. Actually, there were two, really three of them. Three big shocks uh, on the day, really. Uh, you, let's go ahead and kick it off with uh, South Carolina uh, hosting Auburn. Won that game. Well, not a shock though. Not, not when, a now, that, shock, now that we still. have that that game of data plus all the other data, this is not that big of a shock. No. Uh, did they win a game they probably weren't supposed to? Yeah, but is it overly surprising? No. Bo Nix isn't the answer at Auburn. Right. That's all there is to it. And you know, it's what is it? Or, you know, early mid October, 
Yeah, yeah. Gus Malzahn must be on the hot seat. <laughs> Again, every year it feels like. But but I don't think it was that surprising, especially when you saw the glimpses from South Carolina from some of the other games. Right. Um, but yeah, Kentucky Tennessee was one I wasn't surprised with either. Well, about say, well, I mean, I was surprised a little bit by the scoreline. I mean, final score was thirty-four-seven. I mean, you had a ranked team at home, 18, lose to Kentucky 34-7 at home. Yeah, and some of this ranking stuff is people are guessing. Well, which know, we get that, and, but still. But, I mean, a lot of people got talked into a lot of teams. Right. I mean, I mean, a lot of a lot of us got talked into at least us covering the spread against Alabama, right? Right. And you the, know, because what we thought and what we were building from the year before. Right. But Tennessee is one of those teams that... I think they got a lot more hype, it's in, in a, and they have a lot less substance than right. they have hype. And, boy, you want to talk about some pain. The pain train is coming from Alabama. Well, and speaking of trains and derailing trains, uh, Lane Kif- the Lane train kind of had a bit of a derail at Arkansas. Hey, you know, I, um, I I did pick you know, Ole Miss to win, but, I again, it's, it's not surprising in the sense that I think over the last couple of weeks, anybody's been paying attention to the SEC as a whole. You know, right. you haven't just been watching AM and looking at box scores. I think you you have seen this legitimate and very visual and tangible improvement at Arkansas. No doubt. And, and I said this, um, uh, it might have been this morning on Twitter, because I'm so sick of everybody talking about the Arkansas game. Like, look, I think Sam Pittman is, is, is the guy in Arkansas. Oh, for but, sure. But I don't think this is the year. No, so it'll be a year or two. From Pittman now, but... will get that on track, and that and that A and M Arkansas series will get to be heated, and, yeah. and and it'll be a lot of fun. But this just this, this isn't the year. So please stop doing this whole look what they just did. And how, you know, I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, dude. Ole Miss had seven turnovers, and yeah. and had like nine shots inside the five, and still almost won the game. Right. I mean, they they trailed uh, by what was it, twelve points. There at the end, but still they, they had, had all the opportunities in the world, yeah. and so what you see doesn't help when your quarterback throws six picks. That's impressive. I mean that. I mean, you have two two touchdown passes, six interceptions. At some point, you got to realize that your team was wearing white that day. Yeah, that's just brutal. Like, man. come on, man. <laughs> You're like, wow, he threw for three hundred three forty and two touchdowns with six picks. Like, what does that do to your QB rating? Yeah, it's but, not good. But but you look at Arkansas and where they've been successful over the last three weeks. And, and before this past week, you know it was only in a half. You know right. they weren't they didn't have successful games. They weren't putting it together. But you then this is where you can look at the box score. Their turnover margin has been ridiculous. Yeah, like Arkansas is like plus a million over the last three weeks. Which is I mean same thing with Kentucky too. We're going on that same. Yeah. I mean I think somebody said there was a stat early in the Tennessee game. Where Kentucky at one point out of the last sixteen drives, ten of them ended in a turnover plus for Kentucky. That's crazy to me. I mean, that's just talking about being a ball hawk, being you know situationally aware. Um, now, like I said, Arkansas picked them, you know, picked off Ole Miss quite a bit. I think we can definitely look at that game and think, okay, well, there's a lot of strategy we can play into, and really something we don't have to worry about too much because we're going to be relying on the run game well, you quite also, a bit to set it up. Well, yeah, but you also look at Kentucky and who they play. Like, they just played Tennessee, who clearly has turnover issues. They played Mississippi, Mississippi State, State the week before, which we know have turnover issues. Right. And not to mention blocking issues. Yeah. Ole Miss, they, they're, they're absolutely 100% in the Ole Miss game. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, some of this stuff, we have to take these these stats with a grain of salt considering who they play. Like, now that we have more than one or two weeks on our belt, we can identify the offenses that are high-flying and can't hold on to the ball. Right. And that's kind of who Kentucky's played. Right. So, and same with Arkansas. Right. So, like, their turnover margin being really high, some of it is absolutely credited to the defense. Right. That's 100% fair. Uh, you can throw a duck up in the air, but if the quarterback isn't in the – you know, we saw the uh, LSU-Missouri game. Right. That dude was just kind of throwing lob balls. Like, he was back there playing 500 with right. his receivers. And uh, I don't know if that dates me. Did you play No, no, I, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so 500 still a thing. Jackpot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jackpot. Yeah, he's yeah. just back there throwing balls up in the air. Right. And they literally weren't even close enough to, to even think about making a play. Right. So, and kudos to the defense being there. But, again, you know, we all got to take these ridiculous turnover stats with a grain of salt. And that's where – and we'll get into the Arkansas thing. I'm really not concerned. And we don't have to get into it a ton because – yeah, we, have bi- to, yeah. say, we have plenty yeah, of time to. We have plenty of time to talk about But yeah, uh, and then I guess the uh, <clears throat> game of the century, as everybody was wanting to call it again, uh, you had Alabama and Georgia. Which let's just go ahead and face it, we were both dead on about it. Alabama's Alabama, and Alabama's going to keep being Alabama until they're not. And and you know what? And and this isn't the first time Georgia put up a lot of fight. Georgia looked good; they were in the game, but 
there comes a point where the ridiculously superior talent that's on Alabama's roster wins out. And what is it, Amici? Isn't that his name? Is that how you pronounce it? Their wide receiver? And Waddle. Waddle. Like, you have those two guys are on the field at the same time. Oh, not to mention you have Najee Harris. Like, right. so, and, and you've got a quarterback that, you know, eventually he's going to get paid by the NFL to be a quarterback because he's, he's a bit of a, he can run. He's faster than Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you don't throw like Peyton Manning, but, but he, but he's really good. He is, he's, a, he's a really good quarterback. Well above average. He can run when he absolutely needs to. And then you combine that with the fact of all, all world talent right. at the skill positions. Yeah. I mean, shit. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, Devonta Smith himself, you know, that kid, well, he ended up finishing with 167 yards receiving, too. Yeah. So, I mean, just like, you know, they it's, just absolutely took care of business. Oh, that's right. He had like an 87-yard bomb or something like that. Whatever Waddle it was. had a 95. It's just. Right. Yeah, we thought we gave up long pass plays against I mean, Bama. Well, here's the crazy part. If you go back and look at the box scores between Georgia and uh, A&M, about the only difference is we gave up more points. But numbers-wise, I mean, honestly, we performed better against Alabama than Georgia did. But Georgia's to be commended, and we we got embarrassed. Right. And that's the narrative. That's the narrative, and that's that's the problem with being an established program like Georgia <clears> is. <throat> you know, like, it's it's easy for people to look at Georgia. Boy, they gave it a good run this year. Right. Well, like, Georgia's sitting here because, you know, they're a, an established playoff team. They're an established team that wins the East on a fairly regular basis. They're a team that at this at point in time... Right, as of late. So this is a program that's established. Now, if you want to ever get to that point, we have to be competitive in the West. And the problem is Alabama is the gatekeeper. And uh, you've got Nick to be able to Saban. I'm a firm right. believer in Nick Saban. When well, Nick Saban leaves, Alabama will come at least back to earth a little bit. A little bit. <clears throat> Here's the problem. And I was <clears> – it <throat> might have been this morning on Tex Ags or I don't know, when I was driving back and forth to reserves this week and I listened to sports, whatever. Yeah. Um, Georgia's going to win the East. Because at this point, we've seen enough picture of the East to know that it's down to Georgia and Florida, and in all, no offensive, like no offensive, we can be Florida. Georgia can be Florida. Yeah. All right. Um, but Georgia doesn't have the quarterback to beat Alabama. They didn't then, and they don't now. So they'll go back to the SEC championship, and they're going to lose again. And the problem is, when you get two shots at Nick Saban, he normally makes it worse the second time around. Um, yeah. No. He's you you think you're more prepared, and he flips the script and destroys you. Right. So again, I said it. Uh, I said that night. I'm like, you know, if you're an A&M fan, and you have any hopes of going to the playoffs, you are absolutely an Alabama fan tonight when they were playing Georgia. Right. You have to be. You have to be. So so, um, so let's go ahead and get in our game a little bit. So Texas A&M, Mississippi State. Um, people, national pundits, whoever, were thinking this potentially could have been a letdown game, knowing our history. It, it was, probably could have been. It was split, I think, on game day. Because yeah. the one they didn't show on screen was split. Or, or yeah. one of the picks, the graphics was wrong or yeah, something yeah, like that. They, they said it was, it was 3-2 in favor of Mississippi State. Yeah. And I can understand the logic behind that because A&M, if we're going back in recent history, after a big win, it's typically followed up with a letdown loss because that's what we do well. Right. So, I'll counter that. Going back in history, we didn't have Jimbo. No. All right. Think about the big wins we've had under Jimbo. Have we ever had a massive letdown? We beat the teams we're supposed to beat under Jimbo. That's been a thing. That's been a thing now. Right. And, you know, you know it ain't going to be like it used to be. That's one of the things. We beat... For the absolute most part, the overall majority, we right. beat the teams we're supposed to beat. Right. So we lose to the Clemsons, we lose to the Alabamas, we lose to the Georgias. But those aren't like those aren't heartbreaking losses because nobody picked you to win anyways. No, about the only letdown game we've really had under him was his first year against Auburn on the road when we should have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. But that's about the only one. So I no, can think. Of. So yeah, so the ones that really we should have won, even then, like it's not like we walked in and got our doors blown off. So no, my my issue is. And this is the counter to all the BAS stuff. And trust me, I've had BAS. I'm a, I'm a recovering right. BAS patient. But combined with what we just talked about, right. you know, not losing the games you're, you know, you're supposed to win. Right. And then the fact that I don't really care what Mike Leach did against Texas A&M. No. I don't care what happened when A&M went to Starkville when Jimbo wasn't our coach. And I get you're like, well, there's this trend. Well, quit thinking that there's a trend. And I get the national writer saying that, but I'm more – I'm, I'm more referring to all the ags out there were like, oh, well, you know, we've got to go to Starkville, blah, blah. Dude, it, it, it it's, wasn't the Starkville that it no. always is. It's not the same program. The quarterback is bad. The offensive line is maybe the worst offensive line in the SEC, clearly. Clearly, because we bullied them. Well, we're not the only ones that bullied them either. No. Our talent, it was easy to bully them. Right. But, Other teams have bullied them. But I mean, just, Kentucky bullied them. Yeah, just get over this narrative of, like, expecting the worst crap, man. Like, I, I we said it. We're going to go in there. We're not going to have any problems. I think I said something like 31 10, 38 10. I'm about to say 28 14. It works. But let, let's not forget that 
relative to just offense on defensive play, like offense lining up and run offensive plays, our defense allowed seven points. Right. Our okay. De- well, defense allowed seven points. And let's go ahead and get six into sacks. That. Right. Six sacks. Here's something that I think is pretty crazy stat, and I'm sure you probably saw it too. But one of my stats that I thought was my favorite stat of the day, how many offensive yards did they get? Did you see? Uh, I saw a number 217 for something. Yeah, 217. Here's the thing. That that's, was offensive. That, that wasn't passing. Yeah, that yeah, was, that, yeah, that's offensive. That was total offense. It was 217 yards. That's the second lowest total a Mike Leach team has his, ever his, had. His career. Anyway. Right, and the lowest was 200 against Nebraska in 2000. Yeah, it's and I, and I get like they don't have they don't have the hogs up front right now. They they don't have they don't have the manpower on the line. No, they don't have a quarterback. But man, getting over two seventeen, that that With is that offense. Such, that's yeah. Such, yeah, honestly, the way that offense is designed, you're gonna luck into some big plays. Right, but it didn't we happen. we removed the luck factor because we played good defense. Were there some mistakes? Absolutely, stuff to clean up. Absolutely. Of course, penalties, uh, special teams, issues, yeah. right. You know, until, you, until you go through a game with zero pe- penalties, you can always clean something up. Right. Um, but I thought uh, the pick six was an anomaly. Right. Oh, it was the goofiest thing I've ever so, seen. So not only do you have this ball bounce all the way back to the quarterback, but the guy who catches it is the safety that came off the corner. So it's not like this 290-pound defensive tackle. No. It's a dude that can blaze. Right. And now he's behind everybody. But it was it was because, literally, he missed out, just kind of hung he, out. He, he, missed, got lucky. he missed the blitz. He missed the blitz and got lucky. Yeah. It was just a fluke No play. pursuit, no nothing. And then on top, okay, here's an improve. You know, sustains an improve. Right. I got an improve for you. We got to apparently teach Kellen how to tackle. Right, which you know, no, okay, seriously, I'm just a big kidding. deal. Right. No, actually, it was a pretty, it was a pretty sweet slip move. I, I'll, I'll give him that. No, give him. But, that. but it's, it's a, it's a freak play. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like it. It was, it was the goofiest bounce um, I've seen on a thing, and you know, everybody was. I mean, it, well, that's why I hate following along with the game on Twitter whenever it's live. Oh yeah, because every single one of you out there on Going Twitter through a pick six. was like woof. Wet fart, whelp, you know, all you, know. Uh, you know, whatever. You guys are losing your minds. All the wet blankets. It's like, chill out. Going all over Twitter. Well, Come on. And it, and yeah, it was a pick six by by statistics by the box score. But sure, then we followed it up with two touchdowns pretty dang quick. It's the, the best momentum you can ever have in a game is when you're able to turn the momentum back in your favor after a, after a negative. And they did well. And Jimbo uh, referenced that as well. It, uh, I think it was his post-game presser. But... You have to look. We get, would you like to see more points? Sure, but we ran the ball a ton, so we ran a lot of clock. I don't know what possession time was, but I'm sure it was in our favor. I'm where sure I'm going it was. To bet. I'm gonna check it. Um, yeah, Spiller got dinged up. Got to see Achain out there a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, Anias is again still Anias. Weidermeyer mm-hmm. is still Weidermeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice to see Chase Lane flashing. Mm-hmm. Um, nice to see that the first game dropsies are, are just uh, seem they, to be a thing of the past. They seem to be a thing of the past, um, which is awesome. And uh, you'd like to see more points, but you know what? We gave up seven points on defense. And we had six sacks. I don't know how many batted balls. Um, I don't know how many tackles for loss, but it, that was a that was defensive dominance against a scheme that can burn you. And I have one more kudos, too, talking about defense, because we talked about this right. um, in weeks prior. Elko came ready. He did, you know, and everybody at, you know last week said, "Oh, well, we need to improve on defense." Well, congratulations, you got it. Now yeah. we, we can say what we want to say. Oh, it's only Mississippi State. It's only here's the thing: good teams win on the road. Great teams cover the spread on the road, You're and right. they did a good job of that. So we will take that. Well, and it's, the thing I was really impressed with on the defense that honestly, the two biggest thing I was impressed with: one, getting that much pressure from a three-man front. Just, yeah, oh, it was impressive. Just absolute oh. men among boys up front. Oh, and look, let me look. Same, well, same thing. Negative two yards rushing for the game. That's like a video game stat. That's stupid. And then when Elko dialed that pressure, it was he dialed it up at all the right times. And What's the biggest complaint? If you're gonna send people, you better get home, right? Right, always. And we did. We we didn't we didn't have 20 sacks, but we had pressure. We we collapsed the pocket. We forced him out. We made him throw on the run. Forced fumbles. He threw, he threw I mean, a lot of yeah. balls away. So just everything defensively looked great. And I hope it's just one of those things where now as a unit, again, we have a week, relax. You get an extra week to mm-hmm. look at tape against maybe a not surging, but improving Arkansas team. And it always, I guess it's a surge right. when you start at the bottom. Right. And it, <laughs> well, and it always feels good 
going into the bye week with a win because you've got a you know and a convincing you, win. Yeah, but a convincing win. So now you look at and say, all right, here's the things we've done well. Now let's really buy in and see what the story is on Arkansas and see what we can do to figure that out. Well, it's funny, like you know, we talked about that drive uh, against Florida where we just lined it up and ran it down their throats, right? And, and we did and, it again. And the commentator said maybe A and M has found its identity. And you looked at when we had the ball against Mississippi State, when we had drives that were just kind of bleh. Yeah. Go back and look at the play calling on those drives. Pass, they, pass, they, pass. They tried to go majority passing. And when we get back to our running, I tell you, dude, I, man. Run the damn ball. I tell you what, when, <laughs> when, they, when they are done with the NCAA and have gone on to greener pastures, every single one of those linemen deserves, like, a rack of ribs on me and a brisket. Because yeah. they are – you know what? Are we what have we been saying for years? You know what? We have to have improvement this year is on the offensive line, right? And Man, if you aren't seeing the improvement on the offensive line, you're not watching the football. Maroon games. goons are out here kicking ass. It's and, so great, and and you can just look at the numbers here. I mean, just you know, offensively, defensively, we can just go down the list here. But you know, A and M passing wise was not as hot. You know, we were 13 of 23. Okay, we were averaging six yards on the passes. Um, but yeah, we only only had 23 passing attempts. We ran the ball 34 times. And we were averaging five and a half yards a rush. I mean, that tells you. There's the no reason right there. to throw. No. If you can average four yards a carry, you'll never punt. No. So, when you're averaging five and a half, there's no reason to put the ball in the air. Like you said, you know, when you throw the ball, three things can happen to them or bad. Right. It happens. And, so I mean, if, and if we're running, sometimes run. you have to throw. But if you don't have to throw, when you've got the then, parts and the pieces to run, run the ball. Well, and the best part is, is when you don't have to throw, you can just. Line up, run the ball, and when you do it enough, just over and over and over and it over again. It beats the hell out of the defense. Well, it beats, beats all the defense, but it opens up passing lanes. Yes, Then does. we don't have to have Kellen throwing in windows that are about an inch and a half wider than the football. Right. You know, like he's done, and he did, and we've seen him do, but it's way easier <laughs> to not be that stressed under center when you know that because, the, because of the running game, somebody's going to be open when it's time to pass. That's right. And you know, you know they are because they're having to commit at least one extra body into the box for the run. Right, and so you know, kind of looking back on some things. I mean, you know, we talk about you know improves. One, one improve I can certainly say uh, really wasn't that big of a deal, but you know, their third down efficiency was a little bit better than ours. Yeah, they were they were seven to fifteen. That's the one stigma my buddy and I. Uh, he texted me. I was like, dude, I'm not watching the game. I'm playing right. army. But uh, right, because he, he texted me, and and we hadn't texted really throughout the game at all, and I I was trying to keep up with it, but I. I was busy, so I do work. But um, I get a text that just said, "There's the third in Elko," right? And and that's the one that that's one improved that, and, and it's something I would. It, and there's a reason that people already have a name for it. You know, it's we we get these offenses into third and long, right? And we have no problem letting them convert. Which what you know, I'm totally cool with us setting some pressure, but at the same time, you've got to be able to like keep everybody in front of you. Like if you Especially convert good. a third and eight, I can honestly I can deal with that. When you're converting third, third and thirteens, third yeah. and eighteen, right. third and twenty, that's like, frustrating. Now, now we have a problem because now you're literally playing it so safe that you're allowing the whole just keep everything in front of you. Well, right. that's that's not working. No. So it, just try anything different. That's I'm I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job, but no. I will tell you that your job is to do that. But I mean, overall, no, really not a lot of complaints outside of that for the defensive side of the ball. I don't have a lot of complaints on the offensive side of the no. ball. So overall, I mean, yeah, like special said, teams. Special teams. You got to block, block the punt. punt. Hell yeah, and it had, set up an immediate touchdown. Had a penalty. I would have loved to see Blumrick with a scoop and score. Connor's uh, such a good kid. Yeah, it would, yeah. You're I mean, talking about being like selfless for your team. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, at one point he was on the quarterback death chart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now he's a tight end playing on special teams. And he's literally doing whatever he can to help his team, and that. That is some of my favorite stuff. It's a it's a special thing, man. So it's I mean, like Hansford. Right. Yeah, he's a tight end. Transferred a linebacker. Right. You know what? He's doing pretty well at linebacker. Yeah, he's doing great at linebacker. I mean, there's so many great things about this team, and you can see it. Um, just they love playing for each other. They, they like playing for each other. And one thing, you know, we think about just kind of the woe is me we had just a few weeks ago after Vanderbilt, and of course the loss at Alabama, and we're out here. I think we were angrier about a win over Vandy than we were the loss to Bama. Which, you know, and that's fair. And, you know, for a lot of people, they are going to be angry about that game because, like I said, it was your very first game. You're sitting here. You haven't really had a chance to kind of figure out what your team identity is, what you are. A lot of early season jitters, early game jitters. And it's pretty obvious that this team has figured it out. You know, you got – you know, we figured out that the run works. We look at our – Defense, and we figured out that for the most part, outside of us getting burned by some of the best wide receivers in football, 
uh, at Alabama, we've played pretty well. So and, and Georgia got burned by him too. Georgia got burned by him Georgia too. Georgia got burned by him worse. Well, yeah, no, but you know what? That was that was that was a that was an okay loss though for Georgia. I mean, really no, it's a great loss. We're, That's why they only fell to four. And, and, and we and we should God. we should probably shut down the program for losing Alabama. Yeah, but see that. Wait, 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 wait. There might be there might be another way. There might be. Another so way. yeah, so uh, honestly, I'm I'm happy. I really am. I'm, and people, there's gonna there's always gonna be gripes, and I could go back and spend hours looking at the game film. And there are certainly things that I know that I could pick apart, but I'm happy with the win. I'm thrilled with the defensive performance. Yeah, Kellen. Did enough to, I mean, that pick, again, just freakish. Right, and, you know, honestly, it's one of those deals where I will never complain about an SEC win on the road, especially in a place where we have, you know, within the last several years have struggled. You know, we've only won one game in Starkville, you know, before this one. Winning by one point on the road at Missouri this year would upset me. I don't think we played Missouri. No, we don't. Yeah, but. That that might be one that would have upset me. That would have upset you, but you know, like I said overall, I'll but take still. wins. I'll take wins on the yeah. road every day of the week because it's the SEC. There are goofy things that happen on the road, and I mean, of course, there's goofy things that happen. On well, it's 2020, so everything's goofy. Everything's so goofy. I mean, take a look. I mean, the only two teams right now, and we might see Ohio State do it once they decide to start joining the real world and playing right. football. Um, Alabama and Clemson are the only two that are truly full blown taking care of business, and they've shown it every week. I mean, about the only. Real hiccup was Ole Miss putting up all the yardage and the points that they did, but I'm just. I'm but then f- they showed that they could win a shootout, which is frightening. Right, exactly. You have Alabama, who maybe their defense is not as potent as years past. But that still makes it better than most defenses you see. But it's still good defense, and on top of that, you have an offense which is playing to a caliber, which is scary. So I mean, yeah. so I mean, you got Clemson, who's shown that they've got great offense and fantastic defense. And so that's why it's going to be interesting to see well, how some of these matchups go. Again, Clemson defense who they play kind of thing. Well, exactly. You, you well, yeah, don't we know don't know, they, but play. we know they can score and they they can hold crappy teams to not very many points. So obviously, Clemson's it's Clemson and Bama again this year. That's all I said. I don't think Ohio State is starting so late. I mean, you got to realize now we're in the dead swing of things, and by the time we get to conference championship games and playoff games, we'll be rolling. Whereas they'll be five weeks behind in all right. that prep and time and playing and cohesion and game situations as opposed to practice situations. Which really makes it interesting to me is, like, does that throw off the SEC and everybody else because they're going to be more fresh coming into the thought process of, all right, we've been playing consistently going into the playoff where we're probably going to be sitting around for a few weeks. I think it goes both ways. They might be, uh, you know, as we're sitting around waiting, you know, maybe they're the advantage slides of them. But while you're sitting around waiting, you know what else you're doing? You're watching film. You're watching film and you're healing from a slate that was 10 SEC games. Your your, your football schedule was a 10 SEC game schedule. So you have a couple weeks to lick your wounds too on top of, you know, of of a uh, uh, you know, watching tape. So right. so, uh, so I th- I think the advantage ultimately falls to honestly probably luck favors the prepared, you know. Yeah. And so it Safe and, and we were and we were clearly more prepared than the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to right. play football, and and everything you've seen so far has continued to show that. And I think when we get into the postseason, you'll again continue to see that. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. so uh, getting into so yeah, this gives us an opportunity to kind of look at what what's coming up this next week. I think, but you know, well, so obviously we're real happy with Texas great performance. I can pick it apart, but you know what? It's nice to. To relax and just enjoy a win, and I think it was I, a good I one. think some people out there probably need to do that a little bit more often. Yeah. Well, it's just it, it just feels like you and know, that was us after Vandy. Right, it was but. us after Vandy. You know, at the end of the day, wins are wins, and it doesn't matter how you get them. You know, I, that's the important stat line. You can nitpick on it all day long, but well, and the people that vote don't just well, most of the people that vote and take it seriously don't just look at the score. You know, they'll go back and look at Cliffs and they'll, and they'll see that. Yeah, we didn't win by 14 and squeak by. We dominated on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, we just kind of slow roll, slow played it on offense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are games where, yeah, unfortunately, there are definitely style points when it comes to the polls and college football. There always right. has been. But, um, you know, there's there's more time. It, it's, everybody's got more time right now, right? That's right. And these voters and, and these people, at, at, for the most part, that have any influence over this process, have more time to, to look at this stuff and go over tape and really get the whole kind of whole picture you know, the big picture of, of, of teams as opposed to just right. what you're seeing on the scoreboard and maybe mm-hmm. some box scores. Yeah, so, okay, that, that, that's good stuff. I, I'm way 100% behind you on that. 
So I kind of want to take a quick look at next week. Um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll touch on Arkansas uh, pretty much in depth uh, next week's podcast. But before that, I do want to kind of highlight uh, some games that are coming up this next week. You know, whether they're relevant or not, whether they actually have a lot of flack or not, we'll find out. But you know, Big Ten does start next week. They're getting it going. Actually, our first game will be on Friday night this week, the twenty third. <laughs> Uh, Wisconsin's hosting Illinois. Playing with the high schoolers. That's right. Friday night. That's right. <laughs> Friday night lights up at uh, Camp Randall. Uh, you got Wisconsin hosting Illinois. It's like bucket a list. Camp but Randall. I really want to. That's there's <clears throat> if there's one series right now. If you had to tell me A and M could schedule somebody at home and home, that's one. I want Wisconsin in, so bad in September. I don't want it late season. No, I want it September so it's still relatively not pleasant. snowing. Yeah. And so that's definitely a game I want. But I think Wisconsin's going to I think I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to think or look at any sort of matchups from the Big Ten because given what we saw with the three P5s that played, right. the first week is going to be goofy. There's no way to know what teams really did in their off time. And, right. and Minnesota might come out towards Wisconsin. It's just – it's been weird. Illinois. Um, but yeah. Or, excuse me, <laughs> Illinois. Um I mean, but it's, it's just been weird, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, what Wisconsin and Minnesota don't play at the end of the year. That's the what Paul Bunyan's axe. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the rivalries are screwy. Uh, so, yeah, that too. So we'll see what happens. But, like, you know, like Nebraska's going to Ohio State's kicking off the year. Well, I, I will say this. I fully expect Ohio State to win that game. They should. I mean, they're 26-point favorites, so you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's 11 a.m. on Fox. You know, that's going to be a yeah, that's Man, best team in the conference you play at 11 a.m. Yeah. It's supposedly one of the best like, teams mm, in the country. Can't relate. Uh, sorry Just, about y'all. Seriously. Um, but then you got to, you know, well, because, like, Fox is out here trying to sell that their premier spots at 11 o'clock because they know they can't compete with CBS. <laughs> or, or, yeah, CBS or ESPN in the 6, 630 slots. Yeah, I mean, so they, they you, know they can't. You have to pump up that 11 a.m. like your life depends on it. And they to an extent, to. maybe that football contract depends on them being able to do that. Right, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, you have North Carolina, NC State, so North Carolina rivalry coming up. Um, no clue after what FSU did to North Carolina. No. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a 16-point favorite, mean, but they're both ranked. So, I mean, I mean I'll you, take North Carolina. I mean, I would think North Carolina too. But they're, so they're both. Well, I mean, North Carolina State's four and one. North Carolina's three and one. Might be a tough game. I don't know. Sixteen point favorite to UNC. I mean, I don't know that I ever pick a sixteen point spread in a rivalry game. No. I, th- I think NC State at least <laughs> makes it interesting. Kansas, Kansas State. Well, whoopity do. Whoopity do. Yeah. I'm rooting for last miles though. Yeah, why not? Make make it weird. <laughs> I, I just yeah, the I, I love the chaos. I love the chaos. Uh, Georgia, Southern, Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina yeah. is still undefeated. Who cares? Um, Marshall's undefeated against FAU. Who cares? Um, okay, well the third Saturday, I guess it, yeah, I guess it will be the third Saturday in October. Yeah. Uh, you know they kept that tradition going. It's Alabama at Tennessee. Alabama's twenty one point favorites. So they're, no. they're gonna be smoking cigars. <laughs> we all know that, that. That's gonna be a mauling on TV. And it's CBS. Why would you put that at CBS two thirty? Because it's out. Well, I mean, God. Because the the other there's only four SEC matchups this week. Oh, and God. the other three of them suck. Exactly. Oh, that's fair. But and yeah. Alabama, Tennessee, despite that it's going to be an absolute bloodlet. Right. Um, it is a it's an old rivalry. So ironically, here's probably a game that could decide the Big Twelve this year, which I would not have picked these two teams to do it. Iowa State and, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's got it going, which is why I think Iowa State wins, because I don't think right. the Big 12 can get out of their own way. No, Oklahoma State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home on Fox at 230. Three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. At so home. you're really not favorite at home. Not you really. you get three points for being at home. Yeah. So, so they're basically just picking them to win. So, I mean, Iowa State, mm, I it's, like Cyclones. I, I'm i telling you, the, the, way this, the way the Big 12 season has gone, it makes 100% sense. For the Cyclones to go in there and win by 15. I'm down with it. Come on. You're welcome, Travis. Love you. Um, <laughs> uh, Penn State, Indiana. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> it's a better basketball game, probably. Probably. Uh, I'd say that's a lot of these. Uh, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. No, uh, VTech. Yeah, it doesn't matter what their line is. Uh, Minnesota. Although Wake Forest will always be like one of my favorite mascots. Oh, sure. Demon I, Deacons? I think the Demon Deacons is that's just so really, good. I, I always thought that was cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, then you have uh, Minnesota and Michigan. That's at Minnesota. Michigan's I tell you what, point favorite. That might be one to keep an eye on because Harbaugh has worn on that on that fan base and on that donor base. Yeah. 
Harbaugh is this combination of arrogant and awkward. Right. And that's a really bad combo when you're not even challenging Ohio State. And they will be playing outdoor at Minnesota Stadium. It's not going to be like in the dome. That's a pretty field they got up there. Yeah, it's a great field. It's fantastic. Yeah, I I would keep an eye on that score because if Minnesota wins, yeah. the, all of the Fox pregame and postgame shows for their huge 11 a.m. matchups right. are going to center around Harbaugh being on the hot seat. Yeah, of course. Uh, Virginia at Miami. I mean, I'm thinking Miami probably. Uh, yeah, I still believe in Miami. I mean, I I think they're a good. I think they're a good team. I, I think King is a good quarterback. I think he's so dynamic that right. that he can win games by himself. Uh, so and so, Virginia's probably better at lacrosse than they are at football. Oh, probably. Virginia actually is a lacrosse powerhouse. They by are. the way. They are. Them and Johns Hopkins. Now you know. Okay. Uh, interesting matchup here. A pair of undefeateds um, in the American Athletic Conference. That's going to be. Cincinnati at SMU. SMU's a two and a half point. That should be a home. really, really good game. It's gonna be. It's really at good. SMU. It's at SMU. Yeah, SMU's favored by two and a half at home. Dude, I mean, it's a coin flip. I mean, I hell, if, if I didn't have anything else going on, I might go up to that game <clears throat> if there's tickets available. Be a lot of points. Uh, there's yeah, real possibility. <laughs> a lot of points. Oh uh, man, and then that Memphis UCF yeah. game was a blast. Yeah, that will that'll be an interesting game. Uh, no, then, that was last week. It was uh, Memphis UCF. Wasn't that the one? That, that's yeah. your Memphis play. That was a blast. Yeah. And that SMU game will be the same. Yeah. I bet you it's 50-something to 50-something. Yep. Yeah. And then you got got uh, Texas State at BYU. BYU's going to roll. Sorry. Go, Texas State. Sorry, Bobcats. I mean, hope, hope you play well. But Man, you never know. You never know. Southwest Texas State may may, may pull it off. They might. Uh, like Texas State or whatever. Yeah, what South, it, Southwest Texas. South, Southwest Texas, and then it was Texas State. Right. Yeah. So uh, then, I guess let's go ahead and look at our other three SEC matchups for the week. I mean, obviously none of them are really all that interesting. Um, you've got Auburn at Ole Miss. I you think you think Auburn it's on the road. I, I think Ole Miss will actually win this game. There's a chance. Um, Auburn's I, only. I mean, Auburn's a three point favorite on the road. I think if you I think if you force Bo Nix to get into a shootout, he's going to make a lot of mistakes. I think you're right. And I think Lane Kiffin is the definition of forcing you into a shootout. Yeah. I like Ole Miss in that one. Yeah, I'll take Ole Miss. Yeah, I like Ole Miss. I'm just, just going to pick win and lose. I'm not going to pick spreads. That's fair. I mean, I, personally, I think Auburn, but you know, I think Ole Miss is definitely going to make it competitive. They're knocking on the door, you know, yeah. in some games. Okay, uh, Battle of Cats over here. you got Wildcats and Missouri at Missouri. You'd be crazy not to pick Kentucky after what you saw against Tennessee combined right. with what you've seen out of Missouri. Right. Well, and well, I mean, other than, yes, Missouri, yes, you took down LSU, but, I mean, who's not going to I think Tulane can do that this year. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, truly, LSU is truly. Pro- LSU may not be the best football team in the state of Louisiana. They already aren't. I mean, Louisiana Lafayette, I would argue Louisiana Lafayette and Tulane are both better than LSU. That's year. brutal. I mean, because. I mean, and by brutal, I mean, ha, ha, ha. I mean, they're, <laughs> shoot, they're, I mean, hell. Tulane, I don't think they're ranked, but I mean Louisiana Lafayette was ranked until last week. I mean, damn. Um, and then you got uh, South Carolina at LSU. I think South Carolina stays on a roll. You think they do? <clears throat> I think they do. I would. I hate to say this, I would like to see LSU knock them down. It'd be something. Because um, I mean, we got South Carolina the week after, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, well, not that week. Not that next week. But um, no, excuse me. We got Arkansas on Halloween. Yeah, we have Ar- Arkansas on Halloween, but it'll be South. Carolina after that. Well, if that's the case, I well, as long as South Carolina doesn't have a bye before us, I don't know the bye schedule. I don't think they do. But I, I just want South Carolina to lose again one of the next two games before us. Right. So they're um, not like super hot coming in. Yeah, I don't want to see them like banging on all cylinders. No. Uh, so like, I, I don't really like rooting for LSU, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings for LSU to accidentally find themselves one game. Yeah. Or I mean, just kind of crap themselves into a victory, which. I, I mean, think it's probably that, more likely if they're going to win. It's probably more likely they accidentally win. Right. So yeah, I mean that's what I got there. I mean yeah, South Carolina at LSU. Other than that, that's pretty much the week. Slate Slay games is. It's w- chill though. It's chill. Like it's we chill don't even have to like be fully tuned into the SEC either. Not like, really. I mean the games aren't any good. Not like literally. I mean they might be competitive games, except for the Alabama game. Right. So like, the Ole Miss game might be fun to watch. Yeah. You know and. You know, you can do a little scouting. You know, walk, crack a beer, fire the grill up, and watch some SEC football because we got plenty of opponents playing on Saturday. Feel feel free future to future opponents. Yeah, feel free to tweet at coaches. Be like, hey, hope you guys are watching so and so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold the couch, coaches accountable on Twitter. That's always a good look. Yeah, um, great look. Just just kidding. Don't actually. Do yeah, that, please, please don't. Um, but again, we do not of, we do not endorse anything that we actually say on the podcast to do in real. Oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting the boat this weekend. If the weather hold up, I might, yeah, r- might run it around Lake Bryan just to kind of get my feel for it. And, yeah, um, I can't say I've ever driven a Bayliner, so um, right. that's gonna be fun. Pretty fun. Um, 
but uh, I had oh I had something I can't remember what it was um, ah yeah I was gonna go with the most surprising your your most surprising team or teams so far whether that's good or bad okay what's like your most surprising team so far Arkansas man like if, if we're being perfectly honest just in the last week though well no or, not, well, no, I mean, no honestly Arkansas I mean what you know they, they played Georgia tight week one and they've played honestly relatively well I think what other than one of the I guess well, how many losses I think I think actually a better way for you to phrase that is Sam Pittman has been a wonderful surprise. Yeah, no, no. Sam Pittman has, has been a surprise. Arkansas is going to be a problem. Arkansas is going to be a problem. Not this year. No, but eventually. Arkansas might be moderately competitive in the SEC, which is irritating for everybody. It is. But you know, trust me, it's like the last thing we need is another <laughs> is another West team finding their identity. I mean, literally, coming into this year, let's just go ahead and go down that list of the damn coaches that came into the league this year. You had Sam Pittman. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to be the weakest one of the bunch. All we talked about good. was the Mississippis. That's all we yeah. talked about. I'm about to say, you know, you had, I mean, God, you had Mike Leach coming into the league. Everybody was like, oh, shit, he's, here he comes. And then you had Lane here Kiffin coming Lane in. And then the next thing we talked about was LSU losing all their coaches. Right. I, it might. It, LSU could be bottom barrel. It might have been like three or four weeks before they, before I knew that Arkansas had hired Sam Pittman. Right. Arkansas just doesn't move my dial. They, they don't need to. They shouldn't. They, they don't, shouldn't. We don't beat them. There. Right. But yeah, you know what? Arkansas is a good one. I like that. I, I would say Arkansas is probably the most surprising for me, honestly, just because we have always looked at. I mean, I say always, but within the last five, six years. Arkansas is a bottom of the barrel. They're the, door, team. They're, the, they're the doormat. It's a it's a conference game, but you're ninety percent confident you're going to get a win, even though it's going to stress you out. You're going to beat them, right? Yeah, especially if it's Texas A and M at AT and T Stadium. Yeah, that or, may change a little. Yeah, I'm so glad not to be playing there. Oh, I know. Thank goodness that game's at Kyle Field. Holy cow! But I mean, that's probably my biggest surprise. What about yours? Uh, I I've got two: one bad and one good. I think my biggest surprise bad has been OU. Oklahoma, yeah, I mean, because I've, I've, I'm kind of a believer in Lincoln Riley, and right now, and, and I was a believer in Spencer Rattler, sure. and he's already been benched a couple times. Yeah. So I think, I think OU's probably been the biggest surprise in a sense that I didn't think they were going to be world beaters. No. But man, they look like dog shit. I was like, I mean, you know, you get into shootout against the Texas team. Let's go ahead and face it. I mean, it, personally, and, and win it to get back to 500. Right. You win it to get back to 500, and let's face it, I don't think Texas is that good. Sam Ellinger is good. But you don't have a defense. Yeah, well, I don't think you have any team unity at this point. I think, no, I think a lot about a lot about that program is fractured. Well, I mean, yeah, you're, you're seeing it from top to bottom with just within the fan base of people yeah. that are already done with Tom Herman, you know. And it's like, holy cow! And yeah, you know, there's so many guys even on Twitter that are just convinced we're going to go out and get Urban Meyer. We're going to go out and get whoever. I don't think Urban coaches again. I don't think he coaches. Again. I think he honors this of, 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 of all the. Integrity issues that Urban Meyer's had over the years in relative to his coaching. Yeah. Apparently, he made a very specific promise to his daughters that he wouldn't uh, coach again due to his health. And I, I think, he honors, I think yeah. he honors that. My other, I have another surprise, but yeah. it's been in the positive. But I, and I, this is going to sound weird that this is a surprise to me, but it is. I am surprised that Clemson is that good. Right. Like, no, they, I mean, I expected we knew they were number one, but they're, just, just, they're destroying I, people. They're, they're, I mean, they're playing. They're putting up video game numbers. They, 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 I mean, the scoreboards look like when you picked up NCAA 14 and made your team and rolled with it. Right. So I think I'm, I'm not upset. I'm not pleasantly surprised. I'm just, I knew they were going to be good, but holy shit, man. Well, it's like Clemson is f- fully on into reload mode at all times. It's not a rebuild over there ever because they just have a constant flow of top-level recruits coming it's in a, and good coaching. It's, imp- it's impressive that Dabo has gotten Clemson to that to that point. And, it's, and, and can, it takes time. And, and you can tell, you know, and, and you know the people that followed Clemson for 60 years, you're like, well, let me tell you about the heyday. Dude, the heyday don't mean shit. No. You know how I know that? Because no. Earl Campbell didn't run for 130 yards in the Cotton Bowl this past Saturday. No. So the heyday doesn't matter shit. No, right now, literally, Clemson, you are hitting your peak as a program, which is a good thing because you are now at a point where you're – program is comfortable enough to if when you lose Dabo right if when you lose Dabo but right now your program is at a point where you are comfortable enough winning on a regular basis in your conference now granted you know we can say XYZ about the ACC's depth and just you know how the rest of the conference is competitive but you are on a specific level where well, you are out here just absolutely creaming people at all times. Well, and that's the thing like they're, they're not just beating the teams they're supposed to be they're destroying them and right. then you combine that with um, 
See, I think the ACC is building depth right now. Right. So, like, I, I think Manny Diaz has got Miami on the right trajectory. I think he has for a while. I think, right. I don't think that's a bad thing when Miami's good. I think maybe it's a bad thing if Miami wants to turn into the old U where they want to beat everybody up at the 50-yard line before games. Right. But Manny Diaz isn't going to allow that. He likes a little bit of the swagger, Miami, right. but he's not being crazy about it. So, I think he got Miami. Mac Brown, he may not ever build a championship team, but he's going to build that program back up to a, a formidable opponent. And when he leaves, he'll have a setup. Yeah. Virginia Tech is going to bounce back. So you have some teams um, in a conference. You have, right? you have more than just like one or two. You really do. You do. And, like and said, Florida and, State and, can't be bad forever. They just can't. No, there are certain programs out there that are just programs that, by definition, are going to be around. You know, Florida State is one of those programs. As much as we like to poke fun at them, Texas is one of those programs. There's just they two, can't be down forever. They, you can't be down forever. USC, right? another one. Yeah, West, USC, USC West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, sorry, sorry, Gamecocks, not y'all. Yeah. Um, but you know, you look at um, you know the Pac-12. I mean, yeah, USC for sure. Stanford. Stanford is going to be up there. Oregon's going to be up there. And the reason Oregon, and Oregon is relatively new, though, right, but, yeah. but they've established but themselves. They've established themselves because they're they established themselves in a similar way to how Miami did, just without the championship. I'll give you one more. The Pac-12, Washington. Washington's UW. a good program. Washington yeah. Huskies is a good program, and when things are done right there, they can be very successful. Yeah, and you know, as much as they are kind of isolated up there all by themselves, it works for them. Though. It works for them. Yeah, it works really well for them. Um, and, you know, out of the Big Ten, Ohio State is what it is. Michigan, despite them hiring Harbaugh, is they'll they're they're not going to stay down for long. Um, Wisconsin, because they've kind of established themselves, Wisconsin is able to right. to remain that above average, difficult you know opponent to line up against. Right, and you know, and you know, Penn State. No, Penn, we saw that right. Penn State hit bottom of the barrel. Granted, it was for some awful, awful stuff. Terrible stuff. Yes. But, Penn State, because of who they are, that they've been able to, to build themselves back up. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I don't want to call it the Blue Bloods because like you have to win more frequently. But these are right. they're, they're nationally recognizable programs that the brand in and of itself has enough power to not necessarily build the program back up to where you're winning national championships like Nick Saban is because that is never going to happen again. No. I, I'll just go on record saying what Saban is doing will never be done again. No. Um, but you, you know, there's programs out there. I mean, you saw Florida. Florida yeah. was in the tank, and now Dan Mullen's gone out there, and Florida, it's a big name. It's a good, it's yeah, a good it's, And it's in a state right. where three major universities can sustain themselves with recruiting. You know, Miami, Florida State, Florida. Um, you know, the Mississippis are, it, it's, they, have, they have to gamble. Yeah, See, right. they, they have to gamble with stuff, like their coaching hires. Um, Georgia Tech, they're not always great. When they were really good, it was way back in the day when the triple option was really good. Right. But Georgia Tech always has that ability just because by by name and really strength of its school and, and Georgia Tech. And calls, location. And yeah. Well, you have location, right? Um, yeah, Georgia yeah. Tech can be good here and there. You know, and you look at the SEC and you kind of see that everywhere. Same with Arkansas. Sure. You look at the Big 12, though, and what are the names you kind of, like. You automatically gravitate to Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, but it's, no, absolutely, but. What then? Like who? Well, I mean, like even then, like Oklahoma and people will Kansas say, is a basketball yeah, school. Kansas is a basketball school. Kansas, Kansas State had a, a moment in the nineties. You look at those Snyder's long gone, man. Right, you know, and you look at Oklahoma State, who uh, yes, within the last decade have been competitive, but they're not really. They're, a, a, they're not winning anything of substance. They're not winning anything of substance. Texas Tech has very, very... Texas Tech's a wild card. Right, they're a wild card. Every once in a while, I mean, back when they had Leach, when whatever. Kingsbury was... You know, Kingsbury, uh, you'll have like a moment, but that's about it. I mean, it's certainly not going to be TCU. The, it's certainly not going to be Baylor as It's much. not going to be the Southwest Conference team. So no. the Big 12 has really set themselves up for complete failure. Right. So you have two teams every year, too. And then maybe an Iowa State one year has a good year. Yeah. And then... Maybe, maybe Oklahoma West Virginia State, has a good Oklahoma State, yeah, maybe right. you know, out of nowhere, West Virginia has a good year. But you have these programs that, I mean, West Virginia basketball school, sure, um, Kansas basketball school, Kansas State. What you know? What I are they? I don't really know what they're known for. I mean, Bill, Bill Snyder. That's yeah, like Bill, Bill, Bill Snyder and farming. Way to go. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, they've got Gundy. And they've so, got good basketball. Oklahoma, oh, oh, yeah, they've got good basketball. Like, decent, well, they were decent in baseball. Oh, I mean, well, well they, yeah, they, I mean, they're, yeah, traditionally good baseball school. Yeah. So, uh, Oklahoma State's one of those where they're always going to be average to above average in everything they do, and yeah. they might have a peak year here or there. But, yeah, like you said, TCU. I mean, what, baseball? It, I mean, that's I mean, what they're good at. So, relative to the it. sport that really drives a conference and drives the revenues, you don't you have two schools in the entire conference. 
In the Pac-12, you know, what did we say? UW, Stanford, USC. UCLA is another one. Yeah, we didn't say UCLA. Yeah, we didn't it's say a UCLA, huge name program. It's a big name. That if, if they make the right hire, they can get rolling. Sure. And like I said, location there. Big deal. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's not real hard to recruit to UCLA. LA, not a chance. Yeah. South, yeah, it's, yeah Southern, Southern I, California. I really still have right. no idea how the Uni- University of Hawaii doesn't win the national championship every year. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think. Just come, come play for two years. I don't know well, why. Well, we, well, here's the thing. You know, like you talk about. They're a crap well, conference. Well, well, exactly. You talk about conference expansion. If I were the Pac-12, truly, and granted, it's not a big name recognizable school, but Hawaii wouldn't be the worst grab. I think you grab Hawaii, and I think you grab San Diego State. I would say first. San Diego State, but you know, like I mean, I, you know, this is just me speaking from my location, but like University of New Mexico is not a terrible hire, especially for the idea. Yeah, you know, they're a great basketball school. Football-wise, I can see them getting New Mexico State but first. The, but in, yeah, yeah, New Mexico State would be interesting. The, the problem is New Mexico State, just nobody wants them. And it's really yeah. frustrating because overall they're not a terrible program. BYU won't join a conference. No, because, you know, they're Well, it's, I mean, their religious rules right. honestly dictate when they play sports. Right, so yeah, it just kind of makes but, sense. But, no, yes, yeah, so I, I just kind of love talking randomly about yeah, I mean, sports, we don't exactly you know, have any football to talk about for us this weekend, so... No, it's hey, going to be nice, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, like, you know, kick, kick back. Yeah, go... Order you know, order out, have some fun. Go shooting, go go hop out on the lake, shit, sit at home, sleep in, do nothing. Theoretically, Texas is playing, playing Baylor, so, you know... Yeah, well, if Baylor can stop <laughs> testing positive for COVID... God, man, have they even played a game yet? I don't think they have. No, they played one. They, they may have played one. They played one, yeah. But... Yeah, so dude, I'm I'm just I'm happy with the win. Uh, I think oh, the yeah. the win was better than the optics. Um, I think defensively, I'm thrilled. Oh sure. I think offensively, I'm just fine. Yeah. Get out of Starkville with a win, a convincing win. I I never thought that the game was really ever truly in danger. It didn't matter what the score was or what right. circumstance uh, was. Yeah. I just knew it. I I knew. That we could do what we needed to do to get the win in Stark Vegas, and they did. And and just kind of flat out, kind of highlighting what we're getting into next week. I think if we can win by two scores against Arkansas, I'm going to be happy. And it's weird to say that. <sighs> well, the games, <laughs> the games here, but it's Halloween night, but it's Arkansas. La 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 la. Yeah, there's so many factors. Um, yeah, I'd like to see you know a 14 point win or more. I, I could live with a 10 point win. Sure. I really could. Oh, I mean, uh, I, 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 I can live with a win, but I, yes. You, well, yeah. I, I just like, I like double digits, and I, you know, I don't want to have to see any sort of like mounting a massive two score comeback. You know, I, what I want to see is game control, and I want to see on both sides of the ball. And if you do that, we're going to win by two touchdowns sure. or more. So, you know, but again, we'll get into Arkansas next yeah. week. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about just holding on to the ball, right. which is, I think, pretty much the yeah. only thing you have to do. And, you know, like I said, we're going to have a little bit of free time this next week, so, I mean, if you you know, we're going to highlight our game, sure. But if y'all have anything that you really want us to talk about, you have any questions uh, about us or anything else that if you've missed our previous podcasts, uh, feel free to check those out. They're all, you know, they're already all on Spotify. They're uploaded right now on YouTube as well, so feel free to drop in on those. But if you have any questions for us, we're happy to answer them. I'm happy to go over anything y'all need. Yeah, I don't have much other than the fact that tomorrow I'm getting interviewed by the boss. Woo! Yeah, Brian Bosworth. Brian Bosworth. So I got a phone call um, uh, from a production company, and they're putting together this series. It's uh, eight bucket list college towns. So okay. Obviously, College right. Station. And uh, and uh, Gabe, uh, they I guess they contacted Gabe over text Ags, and he gave him my number. And, That's cool. Uh, so they come to the restaurant. We're gonna just interview and talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about traditions. Talk about A and M. Why it's a bucket list town. Well, and, and it's, um, it's, it'd be good to ask him because you know one of the early recruiting spots he was looking at was A and M back in the day. Yeah, well, I don't think he got the Trans Am. Well, no, well, no, 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 no. He did get the Trans Am <laughs> yeah, in the mail. <laughs> that's probably why he didn't. Yeah, I mean, granted, we're we're still batting zero for giving Trans Ams out, but um, right. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's so, never, so, that's so, one of the greatest stories in college football. For tell me. you what, if you've never seen Pony Excess, it's the ESPN 30 for 30. It's called Pony Excess. It's about when SMU was paying their players and what got them into the death penalty. I highly, highly recommend you watch. It's fascinating. It's incredible. And, um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm getting interviewed by the boss. They were like, yeah, and by the way, the host of the show is Brian Bosworth. And I like, almost dropped the phone. This producer girl, like, she's, I can tell she's super young, but she's still kind of geeked out because this is what she does, so she knows kind of who he is. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. I'm going to try try to get some sleep tonight, to be honest. 
Well, it's but, a, that's gonna be awesome, and you'll have to yeah definitely drop a link on that. We'll be sure to post it as well. Yeah, but I mean that's well, and it's Taco Tuesday tomorrow, so like yeah, go you already get, got a reason to be there. Get you, your tacos, guys. If you can get there at eleven thirty, Bosworth might still be around. Shoot, I said I may have to drop in uh, <laughs> if I get a chance. Get a picture with him. Yeah, and I'd say I mean these, I mean he's one of the you know one of my first schools I looked at potentially going to was Oklahoma, so I did a lot of research, and his name popped up quite a bit. Well, he was and uh, what's. Interesting about him is he was really one of the first uh, college players, and as he went pro, that established his own brand. Yeah, he was he like, was a personality. He, yeah, he was a like the Boz was a brand, and uh, there's a picture of him, and it was I think it was before a bowl game or something, and you know he's out warming up, so he's got his pads, you know, his pants with his pads on, but he's just got his white undershirt on, uh-huh. and he'd written uh, on it in black marker on his shirt. He, we read out NCAA and it was National Criminals Against Athletes. Right. Like, so he was also the first person I've ever seen just have the sack to go out on national television, tell the NCAA they're a bunch of criminals. Right. But it, um, it's incredible. So we'll definitely need to check that out. That's yeah. We'll awesome. link, we'll link it up. So hey guys, we appreciate you guys listening in. Of course, um, enjoy the bye week. Yeah, enjoy the bye week. Enjoy the win going to the bye week. That's right. Be sure to follow us on our socials. Uh, you know what we are at this point. Um, and share it out. Share it out. We tell, love you. Tell all. your friends we're terrible. We just the we're, we're a terrible. Worst. Listen. So if you're stuck in traffic and you're already miserable, tell your friends. Be like, I have a podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, we <laughs> love y'all. Take care. Be safe. Wear those masks as needed. Uh, but go out and vote. Yeah, vote, 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 vote. Go vote. All that fun shit. We'll catch y'all later. All right. Yeah.